Are we good to go? I think we are. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of PFN Live. I am one of your hosts, Sean Monk. And I'm your other host, TJ Cornwell. And today, as you can tell from the title and earlier today, we're going to be discussing all the new DC news that came out earlier today. Um, but first, we're going to get to what we've been watching lately. We're going to get into our Last of Us Episode 3 review. And then, like I just said, we'll go to the DC talk. Um... So first, I don't know if Sean's coming back, but uh, okay, let's let's get into what we've been what we've been watching the past. Oh, that's much better. Uh, week, um, I'll, I'll I'll start. Uh, personally, I've again not watched many movies. I watched one in the past week. What was uh, it? I watched Peter Pan. Don't know. I don't remember why I watched it. Um, was this I think it uh, was, like two thousand four? Oh, Jason Isaacs. It was no Peter Pan, like nineteen fifty six or oh, nineteen fifty three. I remember why I watched it. Is uh, Danielle's niece and nephew stayed at our house this past weekend, and we took them to go see uh, Disney on Ice. And I leaned over to Danielle, and I was like, "Is is Peter Pan going to be in this thing?" And she's like, "No." It was like it was uh, Moana, uh, Cinderella. Tell me, Ursula. No, there was no Little Mermaid. Um. Uh, Beauty and the Darth Beast Vader. and um, what is that one? The kid with the guitar. I always forget his name. Encanto. Yes, Encanto. Yes. Um, Miguel. Those were like the movies that were represented in the characters. Um, I don't know if you have you ever been to Disney on Ice. I have. Um, yeah. 
probably 17 years ago <laughs> yeah or some maybe like maybe less than that maybe like 12 like 12 15 years ago i think mm-hmm. um i only asked about little mermaid because when i was a kid i guess i was i it was probably in like fifth fifth or sixth grade probably but just one of the things that's like seared in my brain is um oko not in kanto daniel said whoops <laughs> i said it so confidently too yeah i said it so confidently um, one of the things that's like seared into my mind is Ursula and Mike Wazowski being on the ice at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is, what is going on here? Um, but that Ursula, that's, that's like a, mem- that's like a core memory in my brain. That was some scary shit. And I think I was like 10 or so. I think I, like I that. think that's probably the, one of those I went to is, yeah, I went younger too. And I feel like there was like this big kind of blow up thing. If I recall correctly. Yeah. Um, but uh, Peter Pan. Yeah. So I think I might have to do like a little round, like go around Disney Plus and rewatch like all the really old, oh, yeah. like, you know, animated movies. But uh, Peter Pan, you know, still for me, a good movie. You know, obviously some very uh, problematic things being depicted in that movie, which I don't know when they started, but you know how they do like in the details. It was like, oh, you know, this movie has things that talk. Oh, about yeah. The like views that time were, like... warning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now they do it like right at the beginning, too. Mm. I don't know when they started doing that. I don't know if that's all. It was always a thing. I don't think it was. But I don't now think it was so. like a quick, like 10 second screen. Like with that whole message on it before the actual movie, which I was like, oh, okay, you know, because how many people are gonna scroll into like the details section? Yeah, or yeah, exactly, or go into like (laughs) Um, the more show me more or something like. They're not gonna do that. uh, Something really hit for me again with this movie: the music, the music, just like it just makes the whole thing. It whisked you away. Yes, it did very much so. Uh, And yeah, I want to go back and watch. Like, I think like. Last year at some point, I started Snow White again, and I got like five minutes into it, and I was like, I, I don't feel like watching this. Now. I went to sleep. Yeah. Um, so I watched that. Uh, obviously, watched Last of Us, and I just been just finished. Well, I shouldn't say finished The Office because I didn't start from. I didn't go see episode one to episode, you know, season nine, last episode. Mm-hmm. I kind of skipped around. I think I said last week that I started. Uh, once I was starting repeating. I ended up at season seven. Yeah. And then, so basically I went from season seven to the end uh, in the past week. And that's just kind of, it's been out of the background, you know, throughout the day, et cetera. Yeah. Um, You've been absorbing it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, that show, it just, it just hits you, hits you in all the right spots. Um, mm-hmm. Especially those, those last few episodes where everybody's kind of finishing their story and their arc and, uh, you know, it really puts you in the feels, I guess. Um, character that I have uh, disliked more after rewatching is Nelly, especially when she uh, first. Everybody with the Nelly hate. When she first like gets to Scranton and like takes like the manager position, Andy's job. And, like you're, yeah, I'm just like you're just sitting here, like nobody, like you're, you just took this job. It's not your job, and you're sitting yeah. here acting like, well, it's like, well, nobody was here, so. And granted, I do get it. He was, he was, where was he at that point? He was in Florida. He was right? in Florida, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was doing nothing. Um, so in fairness, you know, but that was annoying. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, Toby. Robert California. Per, for me personally, I, I, you know, Danielle, not a Robert California fan. 
Um, I really like Robert California. I think he's really funny. Just what he's not obviously that character's not really trying to be funny. He's just like, you know, he just that's just he, his nature. He is the way he is. Um, I did laugh when um, when David Wallace like buys the company and, and Robert comes out. He goes, "Hi, uh, Bob Kazimakis." <laughs> that was like, oh my god! Um, and then he gets him to invest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or even like, uh, like you know, there's obviously so there obviously there's a lot of like awkward moments like in that show just through every season. Yeah, um, but like when the athlete like guys want Jim to like call David Walls and ask him to like invest in the company, and I was like, that is the most like I cannot imagine doing that. Like that's like the most cringiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really good show, and I you know I might start. I started like, I think I watched the first season of Parks and Rec, and I just never went back to it. But I think I'm gonna give it another shot. Yeah, I think it definitely deserves it. I really, um, I think I I saw this interview with I think it was Actors on Actors or something like that. One of those series, mm-hmm. um, and it was um, the oh my god, I'm blanking on her name, but the woman who uh. The main head of uh, Abbott Elementary that won that she just won all oh, those awards. I don't know. Um, her name, it, yeah. it was her and Adam Scott, and she mm. said something uh, comparing because they were talking about Abbott Elementary, and she was like, you know, a lot of people come up to me and they'll say, oh my god, it's just you know, it's like I feel like the office is back, like I have the office back. But she was like talking to Adam Scott. She was like, but I always felt like. Um, I always felt like, you know, it's more like Parks and Rec than The Office because she said Parks and Rec is way more like all the characters are like, like, hi, here's my story. Hi, here's my story. Like, they're like inviting. Quinta Brunson, by the way. Quinta Brunson. said Quinta and I looked it up. Boom. Um, Yes, that makes sense now that I hear it. Um, Like, she was like all the Parks and Rec characters are super inviting, whereas The Office is like, it's just, you're just kind of thrust into these people's yeah. lives, and you're there kind of whether they like it or not. Like, and then I think she made a great analogy that was like, um, in Parks and Rec, if they asked like the camera people not to film something, they actually wouldn't. But in The Office, if The Office characters asked them it's not like to this, film yeah. something, they'd hide behind a bush. Like, <laughs> that's like yeah. just the perfect way to compare like the two different characters, but um, yeah, I think uh, I have not really delved back into the office, which is like crazy for me in almost like two years, I would say. Uh, definitely, I have not watched it all the way through since it left mm-hmm. Netflix. Um, but I mean, as you know, like I, that is one of my favorite shows of all time. I've watched it, you know, literally over like 30 times. Um, but I worry about slipping into like uh, a peacock, like uh, office uh, overdose. Like yeah. I don't know. Just uh, real quick, too. Speaking of peacock, I was just browsing like an hour ago, just like looking what they had. It they like we, I think we've talked about it. like as far as original, they're kind of like lacking. Unless it's mm-hmm. like a movie that you know came out in theaters and now it's on peacock. But like as far as like back catalog, they have like a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, like, they got a, like I a said, lot Office, of like Parks and Rec. If you're into mm-hmm. those like older shows, they got like I don't know Murder She Wrote or uh, they got um, uh, what's it called Cheers and what's the other one? 
um, spinoff that you love. Frasier. <laughs> Frasier, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they got all that stuff on there. Um, but as far as originals, I feel like they're still kind of lacking. Yeah, they have to catch up. All right. <clears throat> Your turn. I have been... Jeez. I have been watching a couple different things. Um, so today is the 31st. Last week, I uh, finished the John Wick trilogy that I was watching through. I watched that uh, one or one day uh, per movie. I literally had three opening shifts in a row, and every single night I went and watched John Wick, um, which was fantastic. An amazing, like, triple header, basically. Mm-hmm. And then I watched uh, The Founder, which I just love that movie uh, Founder, a yeah. lot. Um, then I went uh, with my mother, and I finally uh, rewatched Avatar The Way of Water, uh, which was absolutely uh, incredible, as incredible as uh, as I remember it being. Um, then I also watched uh, this movie, the small like horror movie on uh I think it was on Peacock. Yeah, it was on Peacock, Peacock yeah. called uh, Sick, mm-hmm. um, which is which was a very, very good movie. I won't go into a full review on that one, uh, just to say that I think that it was a very, very great. It's like 80-minute, um, like, cheapo horror movie that is fantastic, actually scary, interesting things they do with it. And I think the biggest standout to me, like, when I finished with it, it was the mm-hmm. first movie that used the pandemic, like, as a part of the movie that Mm -hmm. didn't bother me it was like i felt like it earned it in the movie and it it used it in interesting ways um especially in the beginning like but it it was very uh entertaining and then the last thing before i get into the one that i really want to talk about here is uh as you know i've been uh going on uk disney plus a bunch um and so i looked at I, i just wanted to look at all the different collections on there because I still think where Disney Plus is absolutely lacking on, which is weird because the first batch of things that they made for the streaming service was great with this, is mm-hmm. uh, docu-series and um, documentaries about Disney or about their movie making or yeah. stuff like that. Because I think the two best original um Honestly, the two best original series out of Disney Plus, I think we've still gotten for me. My most enjoyment out of it, other than like a scripted series, is uh, way back to the beginning of Disney Plus, um, the Imagineering story, which I rewatched the first episode of uh, a couple nights ago, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Light and Magic, the one from earlier uh, or just last year. Um, about ILM and the making of the Star Wars movies and all that stuff. I feel like they're so lacking on that. Um, so I rewatched two, one episode of each of those. Um, but then what I looked at after that, because I was looking for documentary collections, was the collections tab. And because it's UK Disney+, Plus, they had all these adult ones based on the Fox properties. So they had a Die Hard collection, Aliens collection, oh, wow. Predator collection. Um, yeah. And then the one that I clicked on with, that said now streaming was, for the first time I think I've ever seen on a streaming service, they have all 12 theatrically released Planet of the Apes films. 
And oh, I think wow. I'm going to start making my way through them, which is actually not even the first time I've done that. I want to uh, do that Because yeah. back when uh, <laughs> a mutual friend of ours uh, introduced me to popcorn time and what, mm-hmm. uh, you know, access to basically unlimited movies and uh, TV shows was back then, uh, I went through and I watched every single one of those movies. And some of them were really great. Some of them were really bad. Um, but it is like fantastic to watch them all through. So I think I'm going to do that again. Uh, and so I started with the first one, very, very good, very cheesy, ham bony, you know, Mm. nonsense a lot of the times, but at its core, Charlton Heston, I think is giving a fantastic performance. I think a lot of people are, um, and you know, it's a great classic, uh, story as well. Um, and then the last thing which is what I really want to talk about is I went and saw Living, uh, which is the brand new film, well, brand new to us in our, where we live with Bill Nye that he got nominated for uh, an Academy Award for Best Actor. Um, and I will just say, I think everything that he's getting uh, praise for in the performance is uh, very warranted. I think he gives the best performance that I've ever seen him give. Um, and I think, that goes for a lot of people, but I think the movie itself, uh, kind of lacked cohesion in, in what it was trying to do. But at the end of the day, I think it did leave with like a good message about humanity and everything. And it's, it, you know, was a tearjerker and all, all those kind of things. But to me, I think it's still just one of those things that it didn't quite come together for me. Um, mm-hmm. other than the raw emotion I felt from, you know, Bill Nye's performance. So I gave that, like, I would say a 3.5 out of 5. But I would definitely still go out and check it out, you know, if you want to see that, if you want to see it for his performance alone. Although I'm sure by the time the Oscars roll around, it'll probably be on streaming anyways. So you can maybe check it out then. But, uh, yeah, and then the other, the only other thing I've been doing was uh which can lead us into our first just tiny story at the top here that i know we both uh care about is um i've been playing some fallen order trying to get back into the into the swing of things yeah um and then uh today right before we went live here just a couple hours ago uh they announced that uh uh jedi survive star wars jedi survivor um is going to be delayed uh, six weeks. So this is pushing it back from coming out uh, in the beginning of March to now it's not going to be coming out until April 28th. Uh, what do you what do you think? Devastating news for me. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Um, granted, I, I don't remember. I guess I guess Fallen Order was buggy when it launched, which I don't really remember that well. But um, and I'm pretty surprised that they pushed it now just because it's really it's so what was it original it was february wasn't it or was it march i thought it was february but i could be wrong um, um for which movie for for uh the game oh which one the star wars game that we were really just talking oh my about God. i'm sorry i literally <laughs> just my brain just broke I, my friend just texted me about Hogwarts Legacy, and I looked mm-hmm. down, and then I heard you say February or March, and I was like, because yeah. Hogwarts Legacy, I was like, wait, February, that, that yeah. one's February. Um, yeah, so it was supposed to be March 17th for March 17th, uh, Survivor, yeah. 
because it comes out the exact same day as the right. uh the book um Oh, about okay, yeah. Kale. Like I, I kept getting the, that and Hogwarts Legacy mixed up. Me um, too. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, no, I am glad that they put they pushed it just because if it's not ready to be released and you want it to release as clean as possible, so you know that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm still excited for the game, but it just gives me more time because I still have to. I I've I bought God of War when it came out and I've barely played it. Mm-hmm. I've probably played like the first hour or two. I definitely want to play it before I or finish it before I get to Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm in a similar boat with you that right now I'm really not playing through a lot other than Fallen Order. Um, but I will be getting Hogwarts Legacy um at launch, hopefully, assuming there's no issues. Mm. Um so for me I'm like a little torn on it because I feel like not only will this kind of pad things out because when this game was supposed to come out, we were going to get the game, the, um, sorry, the game, the Mm -hmm. book, an episode of bad batch and an episode of Mandalorian on the same day. Uh, which is like kind of insane, um, that it would, that it was all falling, you know, overlapping like that. So I'm glad that it kind of pushes things out a little bit just for schedule's sake, and I'm glad because I will be getting Hogwarts Legacy, I'll be able to focus on that game and get uh, kind of uh, a lot of my money's worth um, until, you know, until Survivor comes and, you know, takes over my entire PS5. Um, but yeah, I, I am very, I'm still very excited, and like you said, if it means that it'll be less stressful and they're able to, you know, um, you know, finish the game, work out all the bugs. And the important thing is in the original statement that they put out, they said that all content is completely finished for the game, that it's all just bug fixes and finishing touches and doing all that. So like you said, you know, the the kind of slow start and buggy start of the first game, you know, I'm sure they're trying to avoid that happening again. So I I think it makes a lot of sense, um, but still disappointing nonetheless to me, I would say um oh let's see here uh daniel said i hate james spader with a burning passion is that james spader the actor or robert california on the show do you know i think it's kind of james spader but i think it's like i think the robert california thing like really contributes to it you don't I like think she's a fan um, of his voice so you don't like age of ultron there are no strings man what would you think about just Uh, throwing everything else aside for a second what do you think about these rumors that in uh whether it be kang dynasty or secret wars that kang is going to use variants of apparently loki thanos and ultron as like his minions there's all this theories and everything and fan art going around of like kang like because like how badass would that be is having the three previous uh avengers villains as your yeah. minions like would you like to see something like that or what do you would you want it to be james spader again or would you settle for paul bettany oh no oh, what about james infinity what about infinity ultron in live action though that could work that's correct but i what would about, want james spader oh, again. I like dude i agree with you i would definitely want james spader again as much as i understood the story of that what if episode it wouldn't it would have made it it makes more sense to be just paul bettany 
than James Spader because it's based mm-hmm. on the original Vision. So I get that. But if Ultron were to come back full-fledged in a movie, um, in a meaningful way, obviously, I know he was mm-hmm. technically just in uh, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, but it was for, like, all of five seconds. Um, but if he were to come back, I agree. I'd want it to be James Spader for sure. Um, but uh, let's see. Then she said that she's been uh, – sorry, then Michelle said – She's been rewatching House of the Dragon, Ted Lasso, The Godfather trilogy, uh, and then new to her is Abbott Elementary, and it is worth the hype. There you go. There you go, right there. I didn't even see that before we got a review right in the chat. Um, also saw the Casey Anthony documentary, and I know it'll be controver- controversial, but I completely changed my mind. Whoa. That's the power of... Uh, free speech and documentary and being able to hire good uh, narrative writers. Um, that, that was my takeaway of that documentary. Um, but uh, let us move on here to – you want to just dive into Last of Us right now? Yep. We can get through right. that and then we can go to DC. Beautiful. <clears throat> All right. So, before we get into what seemed to be the uh, biggest news rush of the week with all the DC stuff, we are going to go back a few days to uh, Sunday night when uh, HBO, you know, like it likes to do on its Sunday night programming, uh, just dropped a beautiful, beautiful episode, which was Last of Us, Episode 3. TJ, I put my mini-review out on the channel, so I'll let you take the floor here. What did you think? And and more importantly, because I'll remember, I'll throw I, mean, I threw it to myself in my mini review. How specifically does it um, compare? As you're somebody who understands how what Bill's role was in the games and everything, which I, I had to learn that after the hey, fact. I, I'm I'm telling you right now, I'm on the I'm on the playing field as you right now. Okay, We're, we are past my knowledge of anything I remember. Danielle oh, okay. is currently playing playing the game right now. Mm-hmm. She's never played it. So we're not to Bill yet. Um, oh, okay. As I was watching the episode, I was like, I don't know if that ha- – I was Tracks. like, I don't know what if that happens. I know they've I know they've deviated because I've seen tw- people on Twitter say, oh, that's not – you know, that's different. Yeah. Um, but, no, as far as the episode goes, I thought, man, that was outstanding television. Just – and I've seen some people say, you know, best episode of television possibly one of the top episodes ever in television Mm -hmm. or something like that um and i you know i can't really disagree with that i thought it was a wonderful beautiful story that you know i'd say ended in sadness but all at the same time it's you know it ended in a way that both characters wanted it to end that you know end that way um where i was thinking it was going to go out uh you know, in some tragic fashion, and it did not, which was really nice to see. Um, and, you know, even as it, I wouldn't say it's really progressing the whole kind of story forward, um, you know, I guess you, you could call it a filler episode, I guess. I probably wouldn't Ooh. just because it really is, it really mm-hmm. impacts, I'd say, Joel obviously more than ellie because ellie didn't know who either those characters were but um 
so i wouldn't i wouldn't call it a filler episode um but man those two performances nick offerman and i don't know the other actor's name murray bartlett um murray bartlett. they were they were dynamite in this episode awesome mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know nick offerman just like he always i feel like he just kind of shows up and then just like does a really good job in anything he kind yeah. of like i i would always think of him and again i never watched sparks wreck but i just know him as rod swaz as like this goofy kind of character mm-hmm. but then he'll just like kind of show <laughs> which yeah when she no, read that the no, there's the no the... way that they wrote that and wasn't weren't yeah. thinking of ron swanson there is no right. way that, um that's hilarious. but like when uh just when he just kind of shows up in these different projects and he just like really like puts it all out there and has a great performance. Yeah. Um, I just think it was, you know, really cool. And, uh, yeah. Awesome episode. I, again, can't wait till next week. And I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I can't shed any light on the differences between mm-hmm. the game and the show. Cause it just, I just can't remember what happens. No, that's good. Um, obviously I know those characters are in the game, but yeah. I can't remember what, what they're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i was i was like i said i was totally shocked i i just didn't know i was just like and i'll say this too the trailers kind of uh fooled me Tra- mm-hmm. not trailers but the the like 30 second like next week on from last week right, was kind yeah. of throwing me because i saw nick offerman with long brown hair talking to joel being mm-hmm. like hey we gotta you know you gotta be careful out there. Yeah. Um, but it tricked me because that wasn't that wasn't modern day. That was like 15 years right. ago. So when I was watching it back and I was like, wait, Joel's leaving. Joel's leaving, but it's only 2013. Like that. Like, right. Where's the where's the other 10 years? Um, I thought that that was really, uh, really like interesting. The kind of flashing forward through time and then of course once we caught up to uh the current time uh getting the kind of mirrored shots from earlier in the episode um kind of you know that they do that clever kind of thing where they're going to be in the same positions they were you know when they first met versus now um and i think all that was done very very well and i i just think the emotion of the two performances uh as good as every as many cylinders as everything else was firing on, it almost didn't mm-hmm. even matter because of those two performances at the helm. I think make or break this episode, and it's it's easily one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. Um, you know, I, like you said, I wouldn't fault somebody for saying it's one of the best of all time. Um, but yeah, I I just think this episode was fantastic, and a yeah. thing. I really liked about it was that it kept the balance of even though we have this amazing departure into this mini movie of an hour with these two characters, we still Mm. had 12 minutes with Joel and Ellie at the beginning and then like 12 minutes with them at the end kept and Joel pops up in the middle. So kept it, you know, even though we have this divergent storyline, you kept the narrative throughout it as well. And then everything that happens, because we are in spoilers, with the letter at the end saying, you know, Frank was my purpose. That's what we're here to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, use all this stuff to keep Tess safe. 
yes, he's hurting because he can't, he knows Tess isn't safe, she's gone, all that stuff, but it's also the kind of, like, narrative thrust and emotional, you know, punch that Joel kind of needed to realize you now have to do this to take care of Ellie. You might not know it yet and how much she's going to mean to you or, you know, how much this journey you guys are going to go on is going to, you know, impact you both or whatever, but that's now, you know, your quest uh, in a sense. And then after, right after that is when you see him be like, hey, we're going all the way to, I think it was Wyoming, um, to go see Tommy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which I, I thought that was great to use their story not only to be a great story to watch, but then to use the life lessons that we just watched them learn to instantly try and transfer all that to Joel. Uh, I thought was was a great use of of just storytelling, writing, everything. Um, but yeah, uh, at, one thing I'll, I'll say about this episode. Yeah, and um. Just like kind of going back to like you know gameplay and stuff like that of of the video game, mm-hmm. um, I really liked how when they stop in that convenience store, kind of where Joel hid. Um, I think I think he hid like am- ammo or something like underneath yeah. the the floorboard or whatever. I really liked that aspect of them kind of going around searching for supplies and everything because that's a big part of the game. You know, you're looking for stuff to make a new um, shiv or like more mm-hmm. ammo or stuff to heal and when you know ellie kind of goes on her little tiny side quest in there meanwhile joel's looking for ammo and stuff i really thought that was cool just you know having her finding um i think there were tampons or something and taking those putting in her bag i thought that whole thing was really cool just i don't know nice little just nice to to show it um and that 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 scene too with ellie down like underneath the floor with that zombie that was really creepy Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that that that. freaked me out and then the way that she like kind of like played with it it was very very weird um but yeah i didn't even think about it like that but you're absolutely right it almost was like you know you're it's like you're you know left or Mm -hmm. right like find supplies with ellie look for stash with joel like I, i like i don't know if that's how the game works but like that right. it did very much feel like that that you're you know scavenging through it i didn't even think about mm. that it's like a pit stop uh or like a save point basically um but yeah i i really really like this episode i think for sure now we can easily say you know this this might uh be i think it's safe to say that this might be on its way to be the best video game adaptation oh yeah. uh, that we've gotten so Not far close. just uh yeah just to <laughs> hedge my bet there you know if it all, if all the wheels fall off the cart by the end of it but i don't see that happening uh in the slightest and then apparently too in the upcoming next week there's a whole bunch of references and and direct things from the game again so mm. i think it's also an interesting example of a show allowing itself to kind of diverge to go not only from the source material, but from the main story uh, and the fact that it it found a way to do that and people were happy with it Mm. and not saying, you know, sure, sure, there's some, you know, annoying people on the internet that will be like, where's Joel? It's his show. Yeah. But, like, the fact that most of the fan base is like, wow, even though we weren't with Joel and Ellie for most of this episode, this was fantastic. Like, this was incredible. Uh, I think says a lot for it. But, uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm very interested to see because it was it was announced a few days ago that it was renewed for season two. Um, 
I will be very I'm I'm interested to see how far they get uh through season one, like yeah. with the first game and then like you know, obviously in season two, like what is that? You know, are we gonna do like is it could it possibly just be like season one, game one, season two, game two, done. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, that'd be you know that would be pretty uh like what's the word I want to say, like ballsy to to mm-hmm. be like, you know, and I, I don't even know if that's the right word. It would almost be like uh, a waste. That's that's the mm-hmm. right thing because it's like, dude, you could have drug it out a little bit longer. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? You could have dragged that out. Um, I mean, even with this, like this episode, they did like, they've added a lot more information than what you got in the game. And that's something I think yeah. Neil Druckmann talked about is like this gives you an opportunity to expand on things that you wouldn't be able to in the video game. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe it is like maybe game game one will be, you know, season one and season two just because of their ability to expand on all these mm-hmm. other characters. Take their time in kind of a different way where yeah. other than the gameplay take even more time to tell the story. Um yeah, I think that I think they absolutely are, are going to take advantage of that. I agree with you. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic episode, uh, as it has been the past three weeks. But, guys, let us know what did you think of episode three of The Last of Us as I just dropped my phone. Um, are you on the bandwagon of this is one of the best episodes of all time? Uh, was it just okay for you? What do you think? Um, let us know down below and while you're down there go ahead and hit subscribe like as well uh, and share this with somebody that you think might like the last of us or might like us talking about the last of us um so yeah until then we will catch you guys in the next video all right thank you for bearing with us with that uh exit there tj it's time i'm carving out a lot of time here uh we got let's see what time 8.53. We got over an hour, man. Mm-hmm. Or, or an hour here. Let's turn off The Last of Us. There we go. All right. So what I want to do is to start with, I have not seen this James Gunn video yet. I know you said you okay. have or some of yep. it online. So I want to just take because because you, you were tweeting out all the all the projects and I was trying to keep up with all the tweets and everything like that. Yeah. We were both uh, at work. Um, or both during the middle of our days, um, and it was all kind of breaking at once. I didn't even know there was a video until I got home at five. Yeah, um, it came a which is later. crazy. Like it didn't go right away. I don't think. I think it was yeah, like, like especially on Twitter. I think everyone yeah. was trying to get their tweets out. That the one James Gunn tweet probably went, you know, bottom yeah, of the yeah. list like pretty quickly. Um, so let's go ahead and fire this up right here. Um, so basically, obviously, we know what the projects are going to be called, some information about them, but this is it coming straight from the man himself, from James Gunn. Now, TJ, I will ask you, as I'm getting this pulled up here, we have, as we know, our Lord and Savior, Kevin Feige. What should we call James Gunn? Uh, I don't know, but how about we... Let's let's put together a few movies first before we start giving him a name. <laughs> giving him a title. That? For now, yeah. it is just James Gunn. James Gunn. There, there we go. go. And to be fair, I think the Lord and Savior Kevin Feige thing didn't start until after like Age of mm-hmm. Ultron. So you're right. He's got he's got some uh, some ground to cover and some uh, some credit to to prove. 
And I would say previous work, I, I'm not even going to count it because he's got to be able to spin all these new plates that he got for himself. So mm. I think going forward, we got to see how he is as a as a chairman, a CEO, a, a writer, and director. <laughs> like uh, yeah. if he's really going to be serving, you know, quadruple duty uh, for everything at uh, DC Studios. But let's go ahead and check out uh, what I believe is being called Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters uh, of DC Studios. Hey, everybody. I'm James Gunn. I'm the co-CEO of DC Studios. So as many of you know, DC has been disconnected in film and television for a long time. And it's one of, <sighs> this is how you know, our job I originally thought the whole thing was going to come in and just make video. sure i love how open and like transparent he's being about everything that the characters are consistent hey it was disconnected by the same actors <laughs> and he's explaining <laughs> and if something is outside of that like matt reeves batman or todd phillips joker or teen titans go that it is clearly labeled teen titans go i love it of the mainstream dcu continuity now, Peter and I have gotten pretty lucky in terms of the four projects that are coming out over the next year. First, we have Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Shazam! has always been off kind of in his own uh, part of the DCU, so he connects very well. That movie Zachary Levi, uh, the Flash, a fantastic what did movie I say? Noted really anti-vaxxer, right? That resets the entire <laughs> From his DCU tweet. Universe. Then to move <clears> to Blue Beetle, a fantastic film about a kid who's a marvelous part of the DCU, and then into Aquaman 2, which leads directly into our next few projects, which I'm going to tell you about now. So, Peter and I... I'm going to take a liberty and pause it for a second here. I want to go back to that Blue Beetle comment. About mm -hmm. a kid who's a marvelous part of the DCU, and then into Aquaman 2, which... So, is about a kid who's a marvelous part of the DCU... Mm -hmm. Now, James Gunn and everything is being very concrete of there are three main factions. Left side of his head right here, DCEU, the new DCU, and then Elseworlds. He said a, a great young kid in the DCU. So does that mean that he has chosen, he said, okay, Zolo, Manduena, you get to stay on as Blue, Blue Beetle. That is going to take place in our new universe. Is that Which what I'm getting his? from that? The DCU? His is the DCU. Gotcha. And I think he, it would probably he, be... Yeah, I think it would probably be his just because... I feel like that movie... I don't know when that movie... Might have a chance to just be full fresh start if it doesn't have too it, many strings attached. Yeah, I don't think... Maybe it's maybe it, the way they made the movie, it's not really connected to mm -hmm. anything previously. And what is your take on this? Did you see what... Because uh, there's also some things... When I pick up my phone eventually... Uh, there's a bunch of tweets that from the actual interviews from the press day that was yesterday mm -hmm. um, of their quotes. But did you see what um, Peter Safran said? Uh, oh gosh, what was I? What were we just talking about again? Uh, we were talking about DCU, DCEU, Black Be or uh, Blue Beetle. Oh yeah, <clears throat> man! I literally just—I was trying to think about Peter Safran's name for so long. I like pushed the other thought out of my mind. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'll remember it if it was important. Leads directly into our next few projects, which I'm going to tell you about now. So, Here we go. Peter and I, along with a group of very talented writers, have started to map out an eight to ten year plan of what DC Damn. Studios will be in film, television, and gaming. This first chapter is called Gods and Monsters. 
Now this, what I'm about to tell you, is a part of the first chapter. It's not the entire first chapter. The first project is Creature Commandos. Creature Commandos Look at that. animated series. I've written all the episodes. Something I wonder if... That's a little bit how does, okay, how does this guy write everything? How does he just write? He's oh, like, all this he's like, listen, already, I yeah. wrote a Superman movie. I wrote the Batman yeah. movie. I wrote Creature Commandos, the new animated. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you now? Okay, so just starting off, this is the first thing. Um, you know, we'll talk about the stuff as as the video goes on. Absolutely. But um, so this, do you, what do you have any background knowledge on these characters? Because I don't. Uh, the only one that I have background not. Well, actually, I'll say this: I don't know these designs well enough to know who basically any of these are besides uh mm -hmm. one which is i know uh that this is weasel like the same weasel from suicide oh, squad from suicide um, okay yeah yeah mm -hmm. so and then i don't know these designs but maybe this is like solomon grundy uh in oh, like a different yeah. way i know he was just recently he was on star girl but like this i'm not sure that almost looks like what's his face from invincible doesn't that look like Zachary Quinto oh. from Invincible? Yeah, kind of. The robot. Uh, oh my god, it's been so long I can't even remember his name. I know. Name. <laughs> did you see the Jeffrey Dean Morgan thing? Yes, I did, yeah. Do you think that's he's gonna be the bigger, beefier guy from the from their planet? Or do you think somebody said, How do we know that this is for the animated show? What if he's reading this stuff for the live action? movie that is supposed to happen because you see him oh, as yeah, omni-man mm -hmm. he would be crazy as omni-man oh my god the train scene in live action dude we're gonna live as long as we if we can live like 10 to 15 years longer we are gonna see that train scene in live action there's no way that when they do an invincible move maybe it won't be until invincible 2 i don't know but there's no way we don't see that train scene in live action, and that is going to be a glorious day. Uh, but to answer your question, no, I, I'm not familiar with the Creature Commandos or who these specific ones are. Oh, here we go. Crossing over. Is we're gonna have characters move into animation oh, yeah. out of animation, yes. usually having the same actor play their voice as who plays them in live action. The next project up that right there, whereas you can go, oh, I'll skip Clone Wars. Oh, eh, well, maybe not. You know, this one you can't right. skip it. It makes it essential yeah. viewing. This is a story of Amanda Waller played by Viola Davis. Viola Davis is going to team up with members of Team Peacemaker. Good for and Viola this is a Davis. Story that's been mm -hmm. created by Peacemaker Henry, confirmation survived. And Jeremy Carver, who created the Doom Patrol. It is a fantastic story that's out of this world. No like way they were killing Peacemaker. Okay. Next I mean, up is a big one. Dude, that <laughs> show came out in January. Mm-hmm. And it was like in the top five mo like bet like most in demand shows of HBO Max of last year, and and it came out like there was like four episodes in January, and and just that alone made it one of the most in demand the shows. Like the DCU, this is called Superman Legacy. This is being written by me. I'm in the middle of it. I'm having a great time doing it. And Superman will be released. Unlimited times. July 11th, 2025. He lives in a pocket okay, dimension. He lives in Peacemaker's little pocket yeah. dimension uh, closet. Big premiere HBO television series called Lanterns. 
This is a story Let's go. This is my most hyped uh, announcement. Jordan, and we have a few other lanterns peppered in there, but this is really a terrestrial-based TV show, which is almost like True Detective with a couple... By the way... Now that that piqued way, my interest when he said True Detective mixed with comic, you know, that type of thing. All right, let's... <clears> you know what? Let's, let's, uh, let's get a quick... Oh, my God. All right, let's get a quick video out of this, if not the conversation for the content. Um, I, uh, so last week you gave me the challenge. You said to challenge me to start watching true detective. And I will say I am on, I am, I've watched episodes one through three of season one. Um, only because I'm also trying to finish Hannibal and everything, but I have started true detective on your, uh, on your orders and it was, it is fantastic. So me and I told you, I said, Whatever the announcement's going to be for a Green Lantern thing, whether it be a show or a mm -hmm. movie, um, I would be excited for that. Mixed with me now watching True Detective, hearing this, that it's going to be, you know, almost a precinct-based uh, Green Lantern core story with as a – and I like that it he didn't – he did not say, you know, this is a detective partner story, you know, think buddy cop adventure. He said True Detective. Right. He could have said buddy cop. This is going to be darker and I just love that DC's allowed to do that stuff, but absolutely piquing my interest. It easily for me, this is my most anticipated uh out of out of the announcements. Um all right. Green Lanterns who are space cops watching over precinct Earth. In it, they discover That's so a cool. terrifying mystery that ties into our larger story of the DCU. Next is a big movie called The Authority. The Authority is a passion project of mine. It's based on the marvelous Wildstorm characters. We are now bringing into the DCU and will interact with all of our primary DCU characters. The Authority are a group of superheroes who think the world is broken and they want to fix it by any means mm. necessary. Now, I have no idea about any of these people at all. Okay. Um... But what I have heard about them um, just since this announcement was made is that basically, although they might be more uh, – they said they might, might be more, like, idealistic than the boys uh, or more yeah. optimistic than the boys, this is going to be kind of the DC's element of having something like the boys. Uh, okay. that Yeah, which, which I think is very, very interesting. Now, whether that's accurate, I'm not sure. I've seen a lot of people online talking about that. Um that like you know if marvel's wackier side is the guardians of the galaxy i think then dc's wackier side is like the boys so i i think mm -hmm. that could make sense for it um to see kind of you know r-rated maybe this will be like they'll be like the kind of like the watchmen like the raunchier superheroes i think i could I see that happening different look at superheroes we're doing a television series called paradise lost Paradise oh, this, this one's interesting. Paradise Island, usually known as Themyscira, which is the birthplace of Wonder Woman. It's almost like Game of Thrones with Westeros, but with all of the inhabitants of Paradise Island. The now that... Come on. Game of Thrones in the DC Universe? Yeah. It seems like... <laughs> it seems very much of these announcements. Like, your comparison with... Uh, what, what was that show called again? I'm sorry. The... The the for one what? before this one. Oh, the True one Detective? No. The the one oh, before the they boys. were talking about 
Yeah, yeah, like that kind of. Oh, the authority. Show. Yeah, that. The authority. Yeah. yeah, the authority being compared to the boys. This being compared to Game of Thrones. It seems like they're they're very much going in a direction that's more adultish, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed, like you know, Marvel isn't. Marvel's not like for like you know five year olds, but it's not like the most adult thing in the world. Yeah. Um, so. That's really interesting. I, I like that they're kind of taking this darker approach, um, which we've obviously seen with Joker and Batman already. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see it kind of applied, you know, with maybe Superman, don't know what that movie's going to be. Um, and then these other shows and like Green Lantern with the whole true detective vibe. Um, that'd be really cool to see. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think definitely he's going for a, uh, all right, this is not to say that he's trying to mimic or steal anyone else's success. I'm just saying he's going, okay, what are the things that work? What are the things that are successful mm-hmm. with who we think DC fans could be, which is people who maybe are not railing against Marvel, but like you said, looking for that counter-programming, that you know, darker edge to Marvel's lighter edge most of the time. Um, so let's see you know, what's successful in that the boys uh invincible you know stuff like that so i think they're doing a very good job of you know game of thrones like saying connect in your mind connect this project to this project that you already love um and i think that without saying really anything gives people a little bit more to to even hope for dcu's batman is the brave and the bold the Brave and the Bold is the story of Batman and his actual son, Damian Wayne. This is based on Grant Morrison's great comic book run. Damian Wayne is my favorite Robin. He's a little assassin who Batman tries to get in line. And so this is the story of the two of them and the beginning of sort of the Bat family in the DCU. Next up is a TV series called Booster Gold. Booster Gold <laughs> I never heard of this guy. Really <laughs> oh, really? Heroes. He's yeah. a fascinating guy. He's a loser from the future. He looks like a guy he from The Incredibles. Future technology to come back to present day and become a superhero so that people will love him. It is basically the superhero story of imposter syndrome on an HBO Max series. One of my favorite comic book series from last year was Tom King's run on Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. And so we're going to turn that into a big science fiction epic film. Now, Superman I love it. is a guy who I love that. to Earth and raised by loving parents. Where Supergirl in this story, she is a character who was raised on a chunk of Krypton. She watched everybody around her perish in some terrible way. So she's a much more jaded character. And that brings me to Swamp Thing, the last thing we're going to talk about. A very dark horror story in the origins of the monster who is how many episodes of that show last like two it's totally outside of the rest of the yeah DCU, i think so it will still feed into the rest of the stories anyway those are the stories that i can tell you about right now i've loved the dc characters since i was a child they're incredibly important to me i knew that this was a once in a lifetime opportunity to do something very different one of the things that's very important for me in all of these movies and tv series is that the director's vision and the vision of the writers and all of the creators is unique and something special. 
Storytelling is always king. Mm. That's all that matters to us. And I want to be true to those stories. I love how just direct he is. Really it's like fantastic. You've ever seen before. Anyway, thank you, everybody. I appreciate you watching. I hope this was exciting for you because it's really exciting for me. And I can't wait to start to dive into these stories with you guys on this grand adventure. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody. I'm James See, Gunn. I, um... Ooh, okay, I think, and when I say the like, oh, he's being so direct, like it's so, mm -hmm. it's so, you know, open and honest and refreshing and stuff. I'm not even talking about like Kevin Feige with that. I'm talking to, you know, more like some of the some of the other uh, executives that we've seen make some of these presentations that just don't really, don't really come across as either they're. I don't sense their own confidence in what they're saying. And with everything that James Gunn said, he's looking right in the camera, right at me. Uh, mm -hmm. And like, I believe him. And I, I love that because like you said, it's been so fractured. Nobody was, you know, at the wheel steering anything. It was just like kind of smashing plates at the wall and hoping one wasn't going to break basically like, um, and, and so I, I think that's, uh, really good and gives me a lot of confidence that unlike however many other dc you know projects we've been promised or announced before mm -hmm. um that th that all of this is actually going to happen um i i think it's pretty exciting and that he said you know this isn't even all of chapter one this isn't even all they have to um to offer uh not to mention you know over the coming years and uh, really months and then years, uh, how many announcements of casting, writers, directors that are going to get attached to all these projects um, and everything like that. Um, but, like, how did, how did you feel about this entire uh, kind of presentation? And I like – there are no graphics <clears throat> at all. Or Sorry, there were graphics, but, like, edited in graphics. It's not yeah. like – Just, know, like, shots of, like, monitor. panel – either, like – the the covers of comics or yeah. panels from comics yeah <laughs> um no i thought this was a great kind of uh uh buddy piece to all the information released like 10 minutes before the video i think it yeah. was um but yeah i thought he's very blunt and very uh just laid out a really good beginning plan obviously we don't know where any stories or anything are going currently mm -hmm. but i think you know there's a few movies in there we got a few tv shows um and then i do like the whole and you know marvel's already started to kind of do this um which i think is is cool and you know the kind of like side stories where i don't think marvel really has like a uh kind of section for it they don't really they call it like a special presentation type thing but yeah. it's not like a, like he calls it. They call it Elseworld, which I think is cool. And I think that's a really cool thing. Maybe, you know, you have somebody that wants to tell this, the director that wants to tell the story or a writer or anybody. And, you know, maybe it doesn't align exactly where with James Gunn wants to do it. But it's like, oh, we could, you know, we could do this one-off movie. Just, you know, we'll just put it in this other kind of section. You know, it doesn't have to all tie into the same thing. Yeah. Um, and we'll see, you know, how this whole kind of, you know how actors feel about being tied down to be you know we're, we're going to do this movie and then we're going to do the show and you're going to voice the character in the animated show and you're going to voice the character in the video game because it's you know, a big they commitment connect it all you yeah know, it is a big very big commitment um so we'll see how that goes um i'm very interested to see and this is you know years down the line but how do we incorporate the video game aspect to it 
I'm very intrigued to see how that how that works, and maybe what studio they go to as well. Yeah, is it going to be something that is it going to be something that when we get to the video games, is it all going to be like the same video game? You know what mm. I mean? Like, or, or are we going to have like a multiplayer co-op game, then a third-person, you know, narrative game, then a first-person shooter, right. like stuff like that? Or is it going to be like, uh, trying to think of like the best example, like Injustice, right? Is it all going to be like? injustice narrative driven type games those kind of things um i think it'll be very interesting um but uh tj just going through here because we do have uh some time here but it looks like it is going to be a shorter show today uh what kind of pops out to you first what project uh you want to take a little bit of a deeper look at here um from uh, Um... from james gunn I want to talk about um, what was the uh, what's the gold guy's name again? <laughs> Booster Gold. Yeah, Booster Gold. He's yeah, somebody yeah. I so, do have a little bit of background on. So okay, can you can you talk to me a little bit about him? Because I know this guy. Yeah. So oh, I definitely want to talk about that too. Batman movie. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Next up is a TV series called Booster Gold. Booster Gold is one of comics' really popular cult heroes. He is a fascinating guy. He's a loser from the future who uses future technology to come back to present day and become a superhero so that people will love him. It is basically the superhero story of imposter syndrome on an HBO Max series. So just kind of breaking that down, um, so basically just the background is essentially what he Mm -hmm. said. It's... He is a nobody from the future, the far enough future that just everyday tech from the future is like God level superhero abilities in in mm-hmm. our present, um, and that's basically what his uh, what his superheroing is. Um, it's just to get the fame and attention uh, that he can't get in his own time. Um, gotcha. But breaking down kind of what he said about it. I think it's interesting that he said it. it's like uh, an HBO Max series about uh, imposter syndrome on like a superhero scale. Uh, uh-huh. I think that'll be really interesting that even in some of these lighter hearted uh, series or characters, we might get, you know, the more introspective stuff. Kind of like Peacemaker, honestly, is Peacemaker's a funnier, laugh out loud, big action guy, but really what are the best parts of that show is getting into all the emotion and rawness that like he has inside of himself. So mm-hmm. I think that'd be interesting if, if they, you know, go into, yes, it's funny. He, he, you know, came to the past to be appreciated and everything, but why, why does he need to be appreciated so bad? If it gets into that stuff, that is awesome. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think that'll be pretty, pretty cool. Um, and other than I think an, one appearance in Legends of Tomorrow and a probably appeared in Smallville as well, I don't think they've ever done anything live action with him. Um, one of my favorite. So I'm I'm excited to see you know kind of how they do that. Uh, the next one I want to get your thoughts on here. This Batman, Batman uh, the Brave and the Bold. Okay. Who do we think this Batman is going to be? I'm, like, do we think it's going to be no somebody idea. totally new or yes. yes. 
I think, see, I think that it could be somebody totally new, 100%. I think it could 100% be that. Um, but what I'm in the back of my mind hoping for is this could be the way that clearly the reinterested Ben Affleck uh, could take another stab at it. You don't think so at all? He's going to be the perfect no, age to be dad Batman, You're restarting though. this whole thing. Why would you want to go back? You well, know? but then Let isn't that the same thing guy. with keeping – isn't that the same thing, though, with keeping uh, Zachary Levi and keeping, you know, maybe keeping Ezra Miller? Isn't that the same? Yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about that. We can – that boggles my mind that they're like, oh, well, he, you know, they're going through treatment and stuff like that, yeah. and they could possibly make a call. I, I think that's crazy. Um, but, no, I think, you know, if you want to have Ben Affleck involved, maybe he wants to direct something, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's been reported uh, within this universe, so maybe you just make it, have him direct this because he was supposed to direct his solo movie in the DCEU. Um but I don't think you put him as Batman. I think you get a whole new person. Oh, just um, a whole new. So who yeah, who I do just... you think you would like to see in a role like that? Given oh, given man. the wide variety of uh, wide jawed. Well, they'd they have to be older, right? Considering a child. Yeah, <laughs> I would say you could get away with like thirty-five to like fifty-five. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like who was up for the role before Robert I would Pattinson definitely go it. Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. <laughs> I think Hugh I think Hugh Laurie might be a little aged out. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Um like my mind immediately went to cuz he cuz just cuz he had auditioned for it already was Sandler? Nicholas Holt. Oh, Nicholas Holt. Um, yeah. But I don't know, you know. Again, you you bring in a bunch of new people. It could be interesting. How old is Nicholas Holt? I don't know. Maybe. He's probably in his maybe like early thirties. All right, what's your final guess? I'm gonna say he's. I'll 31. give you a hint. I haven't looked it up yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I'm gonna guess that it is not thirty. Okay. Whoa. Oh, wait. oh, okay. No, no, no. You're <laughs> good. You're good. You're good. Uh. What's your final guess? Twenty nine. No, I wow. thought that it was. I th- I thought you were like dreaming. I was like, dude, he was in yeah. those X Men movies so long ago. <laughs> I thought he was like forty. Oh no, he's he's thirty three. He just turned okay, thirty three. Yeah. Uh-huh. I thought he was so way older than that. So you were spot you know, on to begin with. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's kind of you know that's in there. I'd say. I think it's definitely old enough to have a teenage son. It's yeah. it's younger than I thought, but also, frankly, by the time the movie gets made, oh, he yeah, is going knows. to be 35, 36. Was this one of those ones they put up? a release date on or no? Uh, no, it was not. Okay, yeah. But Peter Safran, <laughs> again, I have one of these comments up here um, of these excerpts from the interviews that you could find all over Twitter. Um, Peter Safran, somebody had asked him, what do you think the release structure is going to look like? You know, we've seen, obviously some universes you know one movie every six years with star wars uh marvel you know there's five tv shows and uh you know four movies every single year nine projects boom 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 peter saffron said probably four so he said probably two movies a year two shows a year sounds Mm -hmm. about right so 
not hard and fast that's exactly what we're going to do but how do you feel about that maybe one project per quarter and it's going to be you know a movie a show a movie and a show uh and that's that's yeah. what a year of dc will look like how do you feel about that would I you like to see fine. more Just... projects or is that or should no, they I slow think that's off fine. Just thinking of the amount of stuff that we have to watch already right now, for me personally, that's fine. <laughs> One. And I think maybe with Marvel, we've seen a little bit, I don't want to say fatigue. Slippage. But maybe just the, the, the sheer mass of everything has maybe dulled the quality. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. And maybe with less things, we keep that quality higher. And I, I think that's <laughs> why it, it's true, too, because – you know what four projects a year means? It means that theoretically, give or take, James Gunn could spend a month straight on set for each project mm-hmm. that they do. You know, because that then leaves him, you know, the majority of the year to be everywhere else that he needs to be. But what that means is that with them spaced out like that for a year, it means that he can conceivably be on set a lot for each of these things. Unlike, like you said, it's just an impossibility and i'm sure he still is with zoom and everything i'm sure he touches base with all of his productions all day every day um but you know kevin feige just physically cannot be on set every day looking at every project every single you know time there's stuff filming because at times they have two three four projects filming at once um so i think that this in a sense is kind of a slow start uh, given this landscape, I don't think that you can successfully be like, hey, we're launching a cinematic universe. Here's one project every two years. It, like mm. the MCU did that, you know, at first or not even really the first year out, they did two movies. Um, but then they took a year off. Then they did one movie. Then they did another movie. Then they took a year off. Then they did Avengers. Um, you can't kind of have that slow start. I feel like people won't buy into your universe like think dark universe right they did one movie Mm -hmm. well they really did one movie with dracula untold set up a dark universe and then like let four years go by and then they were like oh no we're ready we're gonna do it now we're gonna do it now and then they released the mummy and it's terrible and it's like that's what a slow start can kind of get you these days so i'm glad that they're kind of just going with this even pace um but I think Nicholas Holt's a good guess. I hadn't really thought about him. Uh, but uh, I think that's a good guess. We I mean, they literally just came them. to mind just because they – just because he auditioned for it already. Yeah. Um, how old is – I don't even know if this would be – how old is uh, – <laughs> if he can get if he can get his you know voice back, uh, Austin Butler? Oh, is Batman? I think he's 26. Oh, jeez. Okay, so you'd have to, you know, it'd be a minute. <laughs> what about uh what about Zach Efron? I was thinking that um maybe he's already Human Torch. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Trying to think. Anybody like under the radar currently that you could be like Chet Hanks. Chet Hanks. Hmm. What about uh, Dev Patel? Dev Patel is an option. Yep. So look at this. IMDb's got your back. Seventy-five actors aged Jeez. thirty to fifty. 
Let's see. Batman. Johnny Depp. Number one. Johnny Depp. Not, Johnny nope. Depp. Uh, Russell Crowe. Brad Pitt. Nope. Nope. Um, Those see. really oh, on there? What about Ed Norton? No. Maybe he'd take the plunge. He said, I got to have the script, man. Um, okay, here could be a real one. Is Johnny Depp really on there? Yeah. Here could be a real one. Johnny Depp is like excommunicated. Whoa. <laughs> Jonathan. They said, we uh, didn't want to work with him on Fantastic Beasts. With them on Batman. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about really though? What about Javier Bardem? He's got the look for it. I'll tell That's you, he's option. got the look. How tall is he? Oh, does IMDb he's have He's got to be like at least six, it, right? right? Six foot. Oh, he's five eleven and three quarters. It says. Oh, we're not close enough. That's really specific. Um. I think so far on this list, Javier Bardem's our best option. Oh, what about it? What if he just takes the absolute plunge into the safe arms of Warner Brothers? And what if Matt Damon is finally ready for more than a Thor cameo? <laughs> I I think he could have it in him. I mean, I don't know. I, I think, don't think so. Uh, Will Smith. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, next to real in my eyes, really definite prospects. Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's absolutely got the look. There's no question about yeah. it. He's auditioned for it before. Um, already in a Batman universe, but what about Colin Farrell? I was thinking that, but I just thought it w probably wasn't a thing just because he's already in the Batman I feel like it's one of those things that it could possibly still happen. Because, again, wait, I have a comment for that. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Quote, we have seen various reports and rumors of actors playing multiple roles in the DC universe. What is your comment on this, James Gunn? I can confirm to you that in the singular DCU, we will not have actors playing more than one role. What that says to me means no uh, Jason Momoa is still Aquaman, but in Elseworlds, he is mm. also going to be Lobo. That's what that says to me. Oh. So I think on that note, since the Batman is also in Elseworlds, I think that Colin Farrell could be Penguin over mm. there in Elseworlds, but Batman in the DCU. I think he could be. I, I really do. Um, I think that's a good option. Let's see here. Ethan Hawke. Batman is Ethan Hawke. Listen, Joker. Ethan Hawke. No good? I guess that's fitting that age, age range that we're talking about. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, what about Jerry B. Gerard Butler as Batman? I don't think so. <laughs> Tom Cruise. We're going to get you out of here. <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the one. Marky Mark. No. Hey, Damien, no. what are you doing? All right. I think I think we've, we've tried to guess enough. John Leguizamo. <clears throat> I think uh, maybe for Damien, you got um, 
Who are those big kid actors? Jason, uh, Jacob Tremblay. How old is he? <laughs> you sound uh, like an eighty-year-old man. You're like who are those big kid? Who's those kids actors on the TV? Jacob Tremblay. Um, I saw Aiden else? Gallagher, who plays number five in Umbrella Academy. Okay. He's basically plays Damian Wayne in that show. Finn. Oh, Michelle in the chat here. Nikolai Coster Waldo for Batman. Now that is some inspired mm. casting right there. That, whew, I, as if you watch this channel long enough, you'll know I used to die on the hill of I wanted him to play Joel in the Last of Us show before obviously this was way before Pedro Pascal was obviously cast. Um, so let's get him some love. Let's put let's give him a Batman role. I think he would be fantastic, and he he I think would have the world record of the the yeah. widest jaw Batman. You would have to you would have to do an open jaw mask. Yeah. There would be no way to contain that uh, thing. Finn for Damien? I think once Stranger Things is wrapped and stuff, if he wanted to move over to that, I think that's a good fit. Um mm -hmm. can he bulk up? Not that he I was gonna say he needs to, to bulk up. But he yeah. has like skin and bones. Yeah, like he is. yeah. What do you think about uh Timothy Chalamet? That could be interesting. I don't know how big of a how, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, what? Although how old is yeah. he? I mean, I guess I think he's like know. 48 or like something. Yeah. No, I think no, I think like, he's like 27. Yeah. I would say how old is Damien? Probably like teen. Probably like right? supposed to be like 15. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Aiden Gallagher is a good call. I think, and that was not me. That was I saw that on Twitter, and I was like, mm -hmm. that's that's pretty good. Um, especially if you've seen Umbrella Academy, you know, he's, he's got the moves, uh, for it for sure. Uh, let's see here. Where is Superman? Superman legacy. This is what do we this think is, is going on? Superman, Superman finally a, an actual Superman movie on the release schedule after 13 years, which is ridiculous. Superman legacy. This is being written by me. I'm in the middle of it. I'm having a great time doing it. And Superman will be released into theaters July 11th, 2025. Okay, the next... So who's your who's your uh, dream new Superman? That's tough, Not man. Henry Cavill. Yeah, I don't really have one. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's so many people that could play Batman. Superman, I feel like there's not really a lot of people. And we got to remember they're looking... They're saying a younger Superman. Um, I don't really know. Do you? Is there anyone that comes to your mind? Mm. Well, like seven actors yeah, who could play the next Man of Steel. Austin Butler. Well, he's already hey, Batman. Lo so it's Lois. <laughs> Lois. No, actually, that could work. I was gonna say if he's too yeah. young for Batman, maybe maybe that could work. Mm -hmm. Lois, you gotta understand. <laughs> Jacob Elordi, I've Clark, seen this why one do you a sound lot. Like Elvis. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Lois. I tell Jacob you about who? what happened with uh, the Colonel. Um, <laughs> Jacob Elordi. Jacob Elordi, yeah. From uh, Euphoria. Yeah, I feel like he's probably he should probably be making that jump soon too. Yeah, into other stuff that's not just like yeah. a psychopath. That could be. Yeah. Okay, that's an option. I don't. I don't dislike that. Um, I think it'd be interesting. Uh, Wolfgang 
Novogritz. Novogritz. That guy kind of looks like it. Like, that guy's pretty jacked in that picture right there. Yeah. He could be him. <laughs> Very interesting. David Co Oh, this guy looks like Draco Malfoy or something. Uh, David Cornswit. <laughs> David Cornswit. Uh, I don't know who that is. Eli Gorey? Interesting. I would say yes, but did you see also they said that apparently that Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, yes, Black I Superman so. movie is still happening, that it is going to be separate. Apparently, so yes. I'm thinking. So wait, what is that have to do with Michael B. What, what was the Michael yeah, B. Yeah, that's the thing? one. That's the same one that Michael B. Jordan is apparently producing and might star oh, in. Producing. Yeah, okay, that's that is the same one. Um, so only for that reason, I would say I think think for this movie they're gonna go with probably the traditional superman look because i think that they yeah. are opening the door for an actual um character of color who is black to have a superman movie of their own um but i think if it's not gonna be michael b jordan i mean this guy definitely looks like he could fill the suit out yeah. uh and he's got kind of the haircut for it too oh my god whoa i saw <laughs> this from white lotus um yeah, he kind of look. He's got like kind of a Clark Kent look to him, uh, kind of a Grant Gustin-y vibe. Uh, Adam DeMarco. Oh, he looks like he could look like young Superman from uh, from Dunkirk. Mm -hmm. Hmm. David oh. Alvarez. He looks like one. him. He's yeah. he looks like him for sure. Oh, it looks like that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot of different people that it could be, but again, I think for me, if we're going with the existing pool of known actors at this time, I think it's a lot harder to find your Superman right now than it is to find somebody suitable to play uh, a dad-aged Batman. Um, oh, Michelle in the chat says Adam Driver Superman. Uh, that's if he wasn't already Reed Richards. We'll we'll see about yeah, that. Does he want to jump into another franchise? Yeah, exactly. Like so soon. Like he seems like somebody that like he's like, yeah. Oh, how much does it pay? Okay. Yeah. Oh, like like I like feel Oscar like he... Isaac. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're both fantastic actors that are in such yeah. amazing Oscar drama work, and then they're just like, what is it? How how many houses? Uh, yeah, yeah. I got six movies. Yep. All right. Like, <laughs> like the. Moon Knight's going to be one season only because Oscar Isaac only signed one season contract. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, Cardo oh. Hoyos. Daniel from Degrassi? Degrassi? Let's see. Let's see what that guy looks like. Oh, he's got a Superman look for sure. It's kind of I can, I can see that. I could see that he he does definitely have a Superman -y, y look about him. Throw some um, glasses on there. I think you're all set. Yeah, I could see that. There you go, Clark Kent right here. Boom. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's good. That that is good casting. Uh, I had no idea who that person was. Um, all right, what else? Or what do you think about this uh, Supergirl movie that, that we're gonna get this like okay, battle-hardened so maybe R-rated assuming... Supergirl? So there was supposed to be Supergirl in Shazam, or it was Flash. Flash, which she is still Flash. in. In, obviously, yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously we're assuming we're going to recast that. 
um i don't yeah, know I'm anything guessing. about this story either i know very little you know, yeah i don't know a show anything on cw about this that was done uh <clears throat> but you think supergirl will probably be same age around i'd have to imagine yes because uh well technically like supergirl aged well traditionally supergirl is like older but younger so supergirl uh-huh. left krypton but was in when she was like uh 14 so she was like 14 when krypton exploded but it took her way longer to get to earth so clark uh-huh. was a baby when she went into her pod but by the time she got out of her pod clark is like 35 so oh, she's technically older but superman is is lived longer than her on earth um that's what the typical story is that's what like the story same story is with supergirl and superman on the cw and in in most of the traditional storytelling um but uh this sounds like it's a a take that i am not familiar with that is kind of in a completely whole new direction um and i think could be really interesting um but yeah who would you put uh in here and would it be uh zoe deutsch no uh that was a very quick no that's sorry um Anne Hathaway. You know who's you know who's uh you know who's picking up steam like acting wise is uh Madison Klein. Madison Klein. She's in Knives Out. Uh she's in is she is she the one in that Netflix show there? Our banks. Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. Um so maybe now you make that jump. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just what we got Sydney Sweeney. Sydney Sweeney. I was thinking that, but she's in Marvel or oh I guess it's Sony though yeah so like so who really big, knows like big of a commitment yeah yeah um uh, i think if she's not committed and they're going for this look right here i mean i think that's would definitely fit sydney sweeney especially if they are mm-hmm. going like that like a younger um her but i think i think it just depends um all right the last thing i just want to talk to you about here is everything that is uh not in this presentation yes so what do we think oh also by the way we skip kind of skipped over it but um the batman sequel is going to be called the batman part two two. that's going to be coming out october 3rd 2025 um and that's and then joker is also those both are going to be in the elseworlds uh stories and everything like that um no release date for joker yet though but i think maybe it already had one i just think it wasn't no update with it essentially um so he didn't touch on it but um everything that's not here so he talked about the amanda waller show and that peacemaker characters will hop over here but he didn't speak directly on peacemaker at all he didn't speak directly on to the suicide squad um what do you think the status is with some of these people, some of these floaters that are still out there, like um, Idris Elba or uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Robbie, Quinn? Yeah. yeah, like what do you think's going on with people like that? Or jo- obviously John Cena as Peacemaker. I think that's, you know, maybe a little bit more far out, um, except for obviously Peacemaker, just because, you know, he mentioned that kind of cast of characters appearing in this show. Uh, yeah. But as far as like, personally, like I'd keep Margot Robbie and Idris Elba great in the suicide yeah squad. i agree for and sure and i think you know everybody loves margot robbie as harley 
Um, so, you know, if you can keep her going forward, I would totally do that. Again, that kind of goes against my thing where, you know, why would you keep Ben Affleck? You know, you're trying to, you know, redo the thing. You know, he kept Harley Quinn for his Suicide Squad, so maybe mm-hmm. just keep it going. Um, I don't know, because I just think that's like, I think, you know, at that point, you're probably thinking, you know, six, seven years from now or something like that, like way down the line. Um, just because like, you know, like the next, for example, like the, one of the, which one of those movies is like 2025? Superman know, like and already, Batman. Yeah. Like We're going to be getting a Superman years. and Batman movie within three months of each other. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's already crazy. two years away. Um, who knows how far any of these shows are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I would expect it like years from now. And I don't even think that's probably like you know, in their, in their mind yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also announcing these this far ahead and only really announcing two of them with release dates, um, I think was a great move too, because it, it leaves you open and not necessarily saying that these announcements are being revealed in chronological right. order. So we could very well see this Waller series. Maybe it's ready to go January, 2024. Like these, some of this stuff could be thrown in production a lot quicker than others. Like this Waller show, you could definitely, mm-hmm. you could get that firing up ASAP uh, and then make way for Peacemaker season two, all before you s- start rolling on any movies. Um, you know, some things are just easier to, to start on than others. Um, but I think that'll be interesting either way. Um, what are some other like DC properties? No black Adam, no mention of black Adam. Oh, darn. What do you think's going on with that? Huh? I, I don't know. I honestly, I think you could probably put it in a Elseworld type thing. Mm-hmm. Although is it technically DCEU? I think it is technically, yeah, DCU. Okay. So maybe, you know, because I don't think there was talk. There's talk that apparently it looks like Aquaman is going to be a trilogy, probably end up being a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I don't think we know anything about Wonder Woman 3. Um, and obviously the Flash is done. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe Black Adam just becomes an Elseworld thing, you know? It's just, it's hard to do just because, like, it didn't make money. Like, it didn't make that much money. So it's like, clearly there's not that big of a demand for this character. Could you see him showing up in something else? Like, could you see him showing up? Maybe you get Black Adam back in um, Swamp Thing. Maybe Black Adam, maybe Swamp Thing comes to Kondok. I don't think so. I don't think you see if you see Black Adam. I don't think it's for like however many you know. And you don't think it's years. the Rock. And I don't think it's the Rock. Damn. Yeah. It didn't make money. Like <laughs> I know it made, it lost money. Although yeah. wait. All right, I can confirm right now on PFN Live that Black Adam actually is set to make a profit. It is set oh, to make okay. a profit. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're good, actually. So I'm After I'm sure they're going to probably <laughs> – what are they just – they just update this video or they just edit in the Black Adam <clears throat> too? Yeah, right. Um, um, no. I need to get your only. opinion on this Flash thing. 
Uh, just real quick. Uh, where's the quote? I mean, it wasn't necessarily a quote. Uh, reading this off discussing film, uh, Peter Safran says Ezra Miller is committed to their recovery and will discuss their future as the Flash at a later date. Quote, when they feel like they're ready to have the discussion, we'll all figure out what the best path forward is. So, what are you thinking about that? I think it's 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 hard because we don't really know what's happening behind the scenes. Um, but I think also, if you just want to really go full bore into this real quick, I think also his his remarks on Zachary Levi, I think are very measured and understandable as some as what yeah. happened to James Gunn in the past. You know, he doesn't want to rush to judgment over, you know, what actually happened. Zachary Levi tweeted out that stupid thing. That is what actually happened. We saw yeah. that happen. What has not happened is everybody else that jumped on it. And I'm one of those people. I saw the Joe Rogan clip and everything of, well, he's a Jordan Peterson guy, which means he's a Christian guy, which means he thinks this, which means, oh, my God. All might be true, but, you know, we have to go off of the, the facts that are presented. Um, and like James Gunn said, he said, not every actor, not every creative is going to say everything that I agree with or say or not all of them are never going to say things that I don't agree with. But I can't go changing everything off of, you know, everything that somebody says. Now, that being said, yeah. if it is, like he said, morally reprehensible, you know, terrible, actual bad, bad, like, things, um, then that's going to be another issue. So, for me right now, I think it's one of those things that I can't be like, okay, I like what he said about Zachary Levi with that whole thing, but then also be like, that can't apply to Ezra Miller if they really are like trying to better themselves maybe they just had something really bad going on which we know there was a ton of bad stuff going on so you know i feel like for me right now it's maybe benefit of the doubt it's been you know almost six months and we haven't heard anything since the last thing of of uh you know working on their recovery um so maybe it i don't know and i, I didn't think that i would ever say something like that but I'm, it's kind of refreshing that yeah. it just seems like, like I said, that James Gunn is just trying to move forward with this openness and honesty and directness. And if somebody does something that they need to be fired for, they're going to be fired for. If somebody does something that maybe not everybody agrees with, then, you know, they're not just going to be fired without question. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel like we just kind of kind of for me, at least I feel like we got to wait and see if maybe Ezra Miller really is trying to turn everything around. I think that is true and fair, uh, but I think those two situations are completely different in Zachary Levi's just fair. kind of saying something, whereas Ezra charged with, like, you know, things that 100%. they did. Um, or, or allegedly, I don't know, you know, mm -hmm. not getting into all that. But um, all that stuff that was circulating around for those, you know, few months – uh, still no explanation on the whole video. Don't know if nope. that's ever going to happen. No nope. explanation on that. But um, I think, yeah, I think what he said is correct. And again, like you said, like going back to that whole Disney thing where he was kind of pushed out for those tweets. Um, you know, Zachary Levi can believe what he wants to believe. But like you said, and what uh, James Gunn said, like, you know, everything's moving. Like, I can't just make, 
you know, these decisions decisions just because I don't agree or disagree with, you know, or agree with some something somebody said. Uh, but, like, again, I think the Ezra Miller thing, completely different because it's not like they're saying something. They're just, like, doing these things that are wrong. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it just keeps they, on And happening. like you said, like, it's, <laughs> even though it's allegedly, they were still charged yeah. for uh, yeah. still brought up on charges for um so yeah i think you know just kind of got to see what happens with all of it clearly think right what now with the movie too it could just like completely you know wipe everybody out you know yeah just, i like, mean james gunn said that, that the flash is one of the best superhero movies ever made yeah and then also like, what the uh hell? let me see if i can look this up here um the funko pops leaked Oh, okay. For the yep. Flash today. And, you know, if some of this stuff is, is true, I'll say, you know, it's pretty interesting. It's some pretty interesting stuff. Uh, let's see here. Does this have everything on it? No, it does not. Of course not. Hold up, everybody. There we go. When in doubt, Twitter will have it. There we go. Can you see that? So we yes. have uh, – these are confirmed. They're Funko Pops, finished box Funko Pops. So we know these people are in it and enough to have a Funko Pop. So we have Barry Allen, mainline Barry Allen. Then we have the Barry Allen that we know is going to be wearing some butchered-up variation of the bat suit, um, which has also been in other toy leaks referred to as Young Barry Allen. Uh, and then this one is also Barry Allen. Again, looks like a younger version with like a training suit or a practice suit yeah. on, maybe. Uh, and then of course we have Wonder Woman, uh, who apparently is in the Flash, because uh, that looks like kind of a new variation on her outfit with the red and gold boots. Mm -hmm. um, and it looks like there's like a white diamond in the middle of her tiara now. So maybe this is a slightly different suit that we're seeing. It looks like maybe there's even the white shoulder pads going on. Or the white trim at the top there. That's looking a lot into a Funko Pop, but could mean something. Uh, and then next up is even more interesting here. We got Iris uh, West Allen. It's just cool to see Kiersey Clemens back again. Um, and then we have Batman, who is Ben Affleck's Batman. And then we have Batman, who is Michael Keaton's Batman. And then this little gobbledygook monster thing is being called The Dark Flash. What do you think's going on with that? And there is one more, but it is maybe a little spoilery. Do you want me to to? Oh, there it is. Never mind. It just refreshed, and there it is on the screen. All right. Okay. So, yep. The other two that I was just questioning whether I should pull up is uh, General Zod. So Michael Shannon as General Zod, and then uh, Supergirl. Um. What what are your thoughts on this? Does this get you any more hyped for the quality that the film could be, or do you just kind of be like, eh? What are your thoughts? No, on I'm it? I'm excited for it. Uh, again, hopefully it's hopefully the fans think it's as good as it seems. Everybody else that's seen it already thinks. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, Andy Muschietti's a good director. You know, it chapter one and two, um, and then what was the other? What was the Mama? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I know people that movie. Um, so you know, I'm I'm excited to see what 
you know, happens in this movie and how it kind of resets everything. Wasn't Michael Keaton oh. cut out of the movie? I thought they like cut him. No, that right? his cameos are like in flux with everything else. Uh, oh. One of the reports was saying that like he was going to be cut from the movie, but that ended right. up not being true. Uh, you oh, can okay. see how not true it is. This is another Funko Pop. This is Keaton's Batman in his Batwing. Yeah, which cool. is awesome. Right. Uh, let me see. I didn't even think to see if there was any more. I guess no. I guess maybe that's it. Um, but yeah, I mean, super cool right. stuff what? that I, I'm. And also, One last we're gonna thing. get Sorry, three minute quick. trailer at the Super Bowl. Oh, for Flash? Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, one last thing one. I just want to touch on. Uh, mm -hmm. There was something about the Batgirl that was talked about, I believe. Uh, just, again, discussing film. Uh, Peter Saffron says Batgirl was not releasable. I actually think that David Zaslav yeah, so and the team made that. a very bold and courageous decision to cancel it because would have it would have hurt dc how bad is this movie how bad could this movie have been like yeah i don't know well i don't know what maybe they it wasn't just the guys absolutely who ran did crazy bad boys marvel 3. and bad boys 3 oh. yeah okay miss marvel 2 okay yeah which bad boys 4 apparently i was back on the menu <laughs> yeah yeah um and what was the other thing with will smith oh that he is still he that um Guy Ritchie's going to be back for Aladdin 2, and Will Smith and everybody, all the other cast are going to be back oh, okay. um, for the Aladdin sequel. Um, so with two years left on his suspension, Will Smith is doing yeah. just fine from the bench. Um, <laughs> but, Maybe somebody uh, will leak this movie somehow. Uh, Leslie Grace said that online recently. She was like, "Oh, really?" She was like, "I really just hope that one day somebody who has uh, like a like huge chunks of it will just put it online." It's like, yeah, me too. Kind of. I, I would want to see yeah, it. Yeah, because I'm interested now. Like, everybody's, you know, it's kind of, I feel like yeah. it's been just, like, absolutely, like, crapped on mm -hmm. <laughs> since it was canceled. Um, Last thing here before, I guess, we head out here. What are your thoughts? Uh, Fairly Odd Parents, Fairly Otter, in the middle of its season with two weeks to go, has been removed entirely from Paramount Plus with no explanation given. That's I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, it's the live action reboot. Is that is that bad? Parents. Ooh, two point so. six out of ten on IMDb. Oh my it's, God, Jesus Christ! <laughs> wow, I had not looked up that. Okay, that's really bad. That's probably why. Um, super interesting stuff, guys. What do you think? What is some of the standouts here for you from the DC slate? Um, oh, for Michelle earlier, I did not read this. It says, I'm not sure how I feel about the DC slate. I feel it's still kind of vague. I'm still uptight about the chopping of Cavill. Also, I hope these characters will be ones I can connect with. Yeah, I think, I, I think their plan is to make movies for everyone to be able to connect with, uh, or, or make movies that everyone can connect with, I should say. Um... But yeah, I don't know. Anything else, uh, TJ, you want to touch on before we head out here? Uh, No, I don't think so. I think we're all set. Perfect. All right. Well, guys, last thing I will leave you with, I am one of your hosts, Sean Monk. Thank you guys for joining us again for this episode of PFN Live where we're breaking down everything with uh, James Gunn's new slate. 
And uh, until then, the last thing I'll leave you with is make sure you go ahead and follow us at the official PFN over on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, where we are posting stuff all the time. Uh, so with that, I will leave it to TJ. I've been your other host, TJ Cornell. Thank you for watching. Uh, leave your comment below. Uh, what you think about the DC slate or anything else we talked about today? Check out some of the reviews on the channel. Follow us. See you next time. Boom.